welcome to the Preaching Matters Podcast. My name is Alan Carr, and I am your host. Thank you for listening to our episode today. On this podcast, we talk about preaching because we believe preaching matters, and we certainly want our preaching to be better. We want it to glorify God, and we want it to be biblical. And so that's what this podcast is about. We talk about all matters related to preaching because we believe preaching matters. So thank you for tuning in today. We're going to get right into the episode, but before we do, let me ask you to go to your favorite podcast directory and leave us a good review. We would appreciate that. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Now, let's talk about preaching because preaching matters. Welcome back to the Preaching Matters Podcast. This is Alan Carr. Thank you for being with us today, and I appreciate you tuning in. Now, today, we're going to finish up with our interview of Clayton Carswell, my grandson. He's 14, and he is talking to us about teenagers, what they need in the church, what they get out of preaching, and how we can improve our preaching. Thank you for listening, and I appreciate you being part of our ministry here on the Preaching Matters Podcast. All right, Clayton, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate you coming back in here and let's talk now. We're going to, we're going to kind of shift gears. The last thing we talked about was what is the one thing you wish preachers knew about preaching to teens and youth. Okay. Now the next question I want to ask you is what is your primary frustration with preaching and preachers in general? If you, now I'm your, I'm a pastor. I'm your grandfather. I've been a pastor your whole life. You've been to my church many, many times. And in fact, at one point in time for several years, I was your pastor and, uh, You've got me on that side. You've got your grandfather on the other side, who is also a pastor. Your dad does some preaching as well, and you have an uncle who pastors. So there's a lot of preachers in your family. Yes. And you're around a lot of preachers all the time. Even if you want to get personal, I don't care. You can't hurt my feelings. So if there's one thing about us preachers that frustrates you, what is it? What is the one thing we do that just really gets under your skin? It gets under my skin. Oh, man. I'm going to have to think about that one for just, um, I think one thing that really gets under my skin is when preachers, they just get so off topic and they're just reading and reading and reading and reading and reading. You have these like huge chunks of scripture. Okay. Say, I don't know, verse one of this chapter to the end of this chapter. And then you think, okay, I'm going to knock it out all today. And then you have to split it in two parts because it's too long. That's something that really gets under my skin. Oh, so my kind of preaching kills you then. Well, no. Where I, where I write a sermon and I may preach out of it for a month. Well, well, you keep it interesting, but. <laughs> well, thank you. I try. Some just are like, all right, so we've run out of time today, guys. We're just going to split it and we'll come back next Sunday. Okay. And I just want to yell, why? Why do you have? If you thought about this, why did you not split it and decide, you know, we're going to read this, this, this? Because then it splits and it doesn't make any sense. Gotcha. Because you're listening to part one and you get to the middle of a verse. All right, we're going to call it quits today. And it's like, well, we're not going to get anything from this. I mean, hey, I know we've got like all the people in the congregation want to go home and watch football or something. But come on, at least finish this verse. Okay. So not only breaking up the sermon into two parts but breaking it at a weird place where yeah. there's no, no no real disconnect there. So you can come back next time and just plug in and keep going. Right, but but 
think about it, a week? Yeah. With all the stuff that you've got to do in a week? I get it. You might forget what you were talking about. So it's like, all right, we're going to continue exactly where we left off. Where did we leave off from? You have to kind of tie it all together, tie it yeah. back. Yeah. Does that happen? To build the bridge back and then bring you up to where we need to be and move forward? Yeah, it happens. It happens yeah. a lot. It happens most of the time. But sometimes every now and then you get the one guy who's just he's going to end it and not tie it back in. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's bad because, I mean... For instance, somebody's out this week and they miss part one. They come back here and they start to get part two. They have no idea what was said in part one. Right. That's something I struggle with as a pastor because of the way I preach. But I, I really try to build that bridge back so that nobody comes in and be lost. They know where we are in the context of the passage and we can just pick up and move forward. At least that's my goal. I don't always get it, I'm sure. I'm sure my people get frustrated with me. So that's your, that's your really... That's your major frustration? Yes. Okay, got it. So what is your primary frustration with preaching and preachers regarding specifically youth ministry? It's like you guys don't really get that involved. I know this ties back to part one where we were talking about preachers need to get involved. Well, and this is not, no disrespect against our own preacher, he doesn't get involved in a lot of stuff we do. Now, a lot of stuff we do requires a lot of travel, yes. Yeah. But he still... Doesn't always get involved in stuff. Like, the other night, we had a Christmas party at our church. You know? Now, as far as I know, he was at home. He didn't even show up. And just right across the parking lot. He's <laughs> not even right across. He's <laughs> It's the building that we do youth in and this tiny little parking lot at his house. Yeah. Okay. So, he kind of, his ministry then, as he sees it, he has a youth pastor, and that's his domain. That's the youth. Yes. And so he doesn't have to worry about that unless some problem comes up and they bring it to him. Right, I mean, yes. I'm not criticizing him. I don't even know him, really met him a time or two. I'm not going to criticize right, him. Right, I'm not criticizing him either. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way sometimes. You know, I've got people looking after the youth and they handle all that. And they come to me to ask me about doing this or doing that. And I get that. But sometimes I'm not as involved as I should be in making sure that the youth are getting what they need or it's just connecting with them, you know? Um, I mean, I may just show up randomly at a youth meeting and just hang out with them. You yeah, know? that's good. And just spend time getting to know them. I don't know what they're dealing with. I don't know. And I don't know how I can help them. I want them to feel like their pastor is approachable, that I care about them, and uh, they, if they have a, a need or whatever, they can come to me and talk. And they do. Some of them do, and that's a blessing. That's good. When they do, they feel like they can confide and uh Try to make sure I don't break those confidences, obviously. If somebody's not uh, harming themselves or others, I'll talk to them about anything. We'll keep it, we'll keep it, you know, low-key. It's between us. Right, but, and that, that's just another thing that kind of annoys me sometimes, is when you tell someone something, or like your pastor, you tell him something, and he goes and says, all right, we're going to pray for this today because I was privately confided in that this person told me this. No, you don't do that. You don't do that. You never share a confidence, ever. No. You die with those things. Yeah, unless um, the other person who told you com is comfortable saying that. Oh, yeah. We've got a teenage girl in our church, and she just recently approached me needed to talk, and so my wife and I sat down with her, and she confided a lot of things in me that uh, probably her folks and her friends may not even know. But uh, just because I know that doesn't mean I have to go tell it, nor does it mean I have to go and... Um, act differently around her, but treat her the same, pray about her issues, check with her repeatedly to see if she's doing okay, and that kind of thing. And I think that's that's my mission there. But 
never to betray that confidence. Right. That's wrong. I don't care what the context, you never betray a confidence. Yeah. Oh, and here's something else that I thought about during a part one. I, I hate to interrupt you, but. You're good. Go ahead. Um, something I talked about is how there's a disconnect in the mm-hmm. church. You know, yeah. we talked about that a lot. Between youth ministry and adult ministry. Yes. Something I think is people get really involved in children's ministry, okay? Mm-hmm. Was, they're like, oh, well, today we're going to do this, 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 this with the children's ministry. Meanwhile, they don't even care that there's a teenager's ministry. They're just, like, it's children's ministry. Once they turn like 13, they disappear for some reason. And then when they're 18, they come back. We don't know where they go for those five years. Okay, so they're basically removed from the life of the congregation. Yes. It's your church. Yeah. And y'all go to youth, what, twice a week? We go three times a week. We go. So y'all never sit. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. We go to the Sunday morning services. Okay. Okay, so we do like a Sunday school, but that's still. Sunday school. I count that as a youth. Gotcha, yes. It's it's age-related. Gotcha. Yeah, and then we go to the main thing, and then we have youth on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, and they're usually... Um, usually a biblical lesson. Now, every now and then we get one that's just hanging out. Yeah. But as of recent, our pastor's been having, our youth pastor's been having a lot of stuff going on. And um, so I'm cutting him slack on that one. Okay. I'm going to say, like, every now and then we need a break, especially with, he's got just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I get it. So that's, that's weird because if you're not in the services and part of the life of the church, so to speak, in that, Everybody sees you and you're always there. You just come to church and disappear. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. So I think pastors have to really work hard to balance that too. So the youth are under not only the teaching of the youth pastor, but also the teaching of the senior pastor so that they get a well-rounded ministry because one or the other can flesh out what, you know, the other doesn't always include. And you get a couple of perspectives. You get these confirming aspects. All these good things come out of it. But I think the youth need to be in preaching as much as they do in youth, if not more. Okay. But that's my opinion. And every church is different. Yeah. And right now, something I find interesting is we have two people who under the guide and like help from our youth pastor have actually started our own little miniature youth class while our youth pastor, he's been doing an adult, an adult um, parenting class, mm-hmm. Christian parenting class. So we've been doing our own. Again, with like guidance and help from our youth pastor, yes. But it's just it's been something I find interesting is that we have that now. Mm-hmm. I just I really like that. That's that, good that we're doing that and that we can do that. We can get involved in that kind of stuff. And that's a good segue into what I want to talk about next. Because the next question I have is, how do you think the church can can or should utilize the youth in the congregation? What can what can the youth do besides coming there and consume resources what can they contribute how can the church use okay so we've got a bunch of people who maybe sing in the choir we have a bunch of people in youth who do that not a bunch but a couple yeah then a bunch and i mean most of the regulars and that must be included go and work in sound rooms so we can do powerpoint we can do a facebook live in fact most facebook lives you see our church uh, on we're doing it okay and we're doing the PowerPoint, we're doing the Facebook Live, and we're doing the audio. Okay. And we do, we run DVDs. Now, we don't do all the work. We ha- have to have help because, sure. you know, we're not all tech geniuses, despite y'all what got, some people think. Y'all got a good sound guy, so. Yeah, we got a great yeah. sound guys. But um, we can also, okay, do you still do Samaritan's Purse at your church? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We do that too. And um, we help with packing and loading and unloading boxes. Mm-hmm. We can do that as well. We're also manual labor. We can help with work, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. That's called, that's called slavery. In case you're interested in uh, starting that at your church, just get the youth together and put them to work. Enslave them while you can. Yes. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. Not really, but kind of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I guess I'm more referring to like, um, do you think churches would do well to take somebody, say your age or even older, and put them in a Sunday school class from time to time and let them teach a Sunday? Yes. Let them teach a class and let them lead the singing. Let them lead the choir. You know, let them pray in public or do the announcements. Yes, and that brings me to something. And I, now I realize I kind of sound like what I was talking about, you know, preachers using life experiences to uh-huh. apply. I know I sound like that, but this is, again, I think this is really something. I've done announcements before, mm-hmm. and to be honest, I like I said, I'm, I, I, I'll let you talk to me, but I'm not probably going to say much back. Cause right. I'm, what's the way? Socially awkward. We'll just say that. Okay. We're in homeschool, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're a redhead, so a lot of strikes against. And Braces. I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Abnormally tall for your age. Okay, carry on. Hey. It's awkward all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we get along. Yeah, we but we love each other. Oh my goodness. Yes. But um what I was gonna say was I've done announcements before and man, it's terrifying sometimes just to go up there and be in front of all these people and it's like, Oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Well, that's the number one fear, public speaking. So there you go. Yes, but uh, here's something that we do. Our church, we're only doing them twice a year now. Youth Sundays. Youth Sundays. You knew where I was going with that, uh, didn't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Youth Sundays. It's where the youth does everything. Right. We run the sound room. We do the songs. We do the preaching. And sometimes, we haven't done it the past time, but sometimes, like I said, grabbing the people's attention, we do a, com- a short comedy skit. Yeah, a skit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. Yeah, and it, it can be pretty funny. Yeah, the the first one that I was in, which is the first of two that we've ever done in front of the church, the first one I was in was called Fishers of Men, where it's basically two demons fishing and trying to tempt people. And it was funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, I remember that one. I got to play a redneck. Yeah, well, you're good at it. You're, that's, that's top casting. <laughs> hey. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so what you're saying is that, okay, let me see if I can get this right now. Do, would teenagers prefer to be involved actively in the ministry of the church on a weekly, monthly basis, or do they just kind of want to hide in the background and not be noticed by anybody? I think both. Both. So I think I there's that, some in each camp or what? Uh, there's some in each camp, and there's some people, there, there could be one person who likes both. Like, yeah. Kind of me. I like doing the youth Sundays and stuff, but at the same time, I don't like talking to people. Right. And everybody wants to come up to you and be like, hey, you did a great job today. And you know, I get why you're you're praising them and saying you did a good job. But it's, well, just, it's just people want to encourage you. Yeah. I don't, it's like it's, there's a ton of people coming in and not all of them, you know, you just have a person come up and you and be like, hey, I remember when you were three feet t- tall and yeah. a baby yeah. and stuff. It's like, I don't know you. I do not remember you. Because I have a problem with putting names to faces and yeah. remembering people. Yeah. I think most people have that problem. Yeah, some do. Some do, but um, so it's like, I don't know you. But, I mean, I'm glad you came, and I'm glad you got to, you know, hear the gospel and everything, but I I don't know you. Can you just, like this, 
I did announcements one day, and I had almost the entire congregation come up to me while I was just trying to get to the car. You did a great job. You should start doing announcements more. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, Mom. Yeah, so, help. okay, okay, okay. So that's the that's where the typical teenage shyness comes in. Yeah, that's where it comes in. It's yeah. we don't. We don't mind you talking to us. We're, just, we're really awkward when you come up to us. And that's why we don't say much. I got you. Okay. Okay. That's why we're always wearing the hoodie. It kind of hides who we are. It's like, <laughs> they'll never know. If you got somebody at church who's young and they are in, want to be involved in church, I think it's a good thing to involve them. Yeah. Right? Uh, one of our young men, he's 16. He'll be leading our singing Christmas Day. And he's got a talent for it. And uh, our song director approached me about it. He said, what about this, using this guy? And I said, yeah, do it, if he will. And he, he consented. And so I'm looking forward to hearing him do that. That'll be a blessing. Let him know he can be used in the church. And I think it's good to put him to work here and there. Let him do some things and let him get some experience so that when they are adults, they're already pre-trained and they're ready because somebody's mentored them and the church has invested in them and we've tried to bring them to a place of spiritual maturity where they can be a blessing to the entire congregation. So I think the church should utilize the youth as mm-hmm. much as possible and involve them. That's my view. But what can churches learn from the youth? What do you, what, what do you guys got to teach us? Okay, what do we got to teach you? Um, old fogies. Maybe how to approach younger people. Yes, teach me. Yeah, we could teach that. We can, you know, we're younger people ourselves. Well, what do I do? Well, don't approach. I've already heard that one. Don't, don't approach. No, just do don't go approach. near them. Yeah. Don't. It's not worth it. They're like zombies. <laughs> they can't think. But really, what 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 do adults need to learn? That I don't really know the answer to that one. I don't know. You don't know. What do adults need to learn, like about us? Yeah, how do we how do we come across to teenagers? Like me, how do I come across to teenagers? I'm a big imposing guy. You kind of look like you could pass for school security because I'm intimidating. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> bald head, giant beard. I don't need to go big to frame. Yeah, I don't need to go to the bathroom anymore. Okay, right. always dressed. <laughs> Buddy, edit that one out. <laughs> yeah, giant biceps bulging out of my t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then you've got like the tiny little, little frail 97 year old man. You've got both of those. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, which do I talk to? Do How do I talk to them? I mean, how, that, that's a plan to teenagers. Like, I mean, we, on one hand, we've got the 97 year old. On the other hand, we got school security. Yeah. And which, so, what do, do you take? say when somebody comes up to you that's a total stranger and they stick out their hand, they say, hey, and you don't have any idea who they're, how do you respond? Hi. Shake their hand. Yeah. It's the 92-year-old guy. Uh, not too firm of a handshake, but if it were you, I will give you a very firm handshake. You don't break his hand. Good night. <laughs> so I think I think one thing from watching youth, you are my kids and kids in church in the, over the last four decades, watch them come and go, grow up and all that, all that stuff. I think they have a lot to teach us, you know, about, about, life in general and sometimes we approach them they giggly and they don't want to talk much and uh, sometimes they say silly things and sometimes they say awkward things and i think it's because they don't know what to say yeah they don't know how to respond we don't to an adult we don't and that's why it's important for us to build these 
these foundational relationships with them so they're comfortable around us, right? So if I walk up to you, say, because you're my grandson, we're close, but if I was just your pastor and I had invested in your life and you knew who I was and I knew who you were and I walk up to you and start talking to you, it's not going to weird you out. Right, it'll be just a normal conversation. Do you know them? You know them. I think that's one of the things we mess up, don't you? We separate into different herds and we push one to the side and focus on the other over here and the two never congregate and meet so they don't know each other. Then when the herds do have to mix, it's awkward and weird. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so we need to be mixing the herds, what I'm saying. Yes. And uh, helping everybody along the way, trying to invest in teenagers. Okay. I think that's good, don't you? Mm -hmm. What can you guys give back to the church? What can we give back? Yeah, what can you do? Oh, we could give you money for all the food we ate. You can't. You don't have jobs. Good point. Well, some of us do. Not me, but... but some of you don't. <laughs> Listen, I know a guy at Chick-fil-A. I get my sandwiches. You got more money discount. than I do, so... Anyway. <laughs> How that I'm going to go back to bankrupt myself. Junior gangster. What'd you call me? Nothing. What'd you call me? Junior gangster. <laughs> no, he's actually hey. very thrifty. He saves every dime he gets, and so he's got money in the bank, and that's a blessing. I wish I was that way. I spend everything I get. I spend stuff I hadn't even got yet, you know. And that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. So, okay. Thank yep, you man. for this. I've got one more question that I'm just going to kind of give the floor to you, and you can say whatever you want to. But is there anything else related to the church in general you want to add to this conversation that I've missed? I try to be fairly comprehensive in my 15-question list. But is there some area of church I've missed that relates to teenagers and spe- specific in the youth that you'd like to mention? Um, I think, like I said earlier, um, there's that disconnect, and then there's, you know, everybody's interested in what the kids under the age of 13 are doing. Well, let's face it, little kids are cute. They are cute. Babies, baby. That's a little iffy on that one. Yeah, well, babies are still cute. Oh, when they're your... Even ugly babies are cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there are no ugly babies. Sorry about that. Sorry, I edited it out. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to edit that. Now, nah, let's just leave it in. Okay. Yeah, let's just leave it. <laughs> no, but, um... Oh man, train of thought. Okay, and there's that disconnect, and then there's the no I'm going back on what I said, but then there's the just forget that we were there. Now, okay. yes, sometimes we don't show up, but we're usually there. Oh, that's still part of the disconnect. Yeah, right. Still part, of, but uh, we we see you, but we don't see you. Right, like you see us, but you don't acknowledge. There, there you, you go. go. That's it, right there. Don't acknowledge that. And I think that's a problem in most churches. The adults function as adults. The kids are just kind of there. They're like pieces of furniture, and it shouldn't be that way. We should view them as either our brother or sister in Christ if they're saved or a lost person who needs Christ if they're not saved. And then we need to validate their humanity, and we need to validate their, their relevance to the church and try to invest in them to mentor them, to grow them, to be the leaders in the next generation. Right. And it's up to us as pastors to train our churches to do that. And then it's up to the people to do that, have that mentoring relationship, that investment with the teenagers. I actively encourage our people to talk to these guys, learn from them, because they're a lot of fun. I mean, they, they have a lot of great opinions and, I mean, insights, and it's a blessing to talk to the teenagers and just know what's happening in their life and just, you know, I'm not nothing weird, of course. I mean, I'm just talking about creating friendships with them so when they grow up and leave they still will call you friend and 
that's a blessing. It really is. So, well, I think that'll that'll put us at the end of this, unless you've got something else quickly. Uh, yeah. Pizza's good. Be good people. Stop at stop signs. Wear your seatbelts. Okay, thank you. Driver's Ed at work <laughs> right there. So this has been Clayton Carswell. He's my grandson. I'm proud of him. I love him. And I appreciate him stopping by to talk to us about the church and teenagers. And now uh, we're going to shut this down here today. So thank you for coming by. Be sure and like us. Leave a positive review if you can. And subscribe <laughs> to the podcast and tell others about it. And if you'd like to be a patron, you can go to Patreon. There's a link at the bottom of the show notes page. Click that. And you can help us by supporting the ministry. And we appreciate it. So, God bless you. Until we come back together, please reach out to me, alancar at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about the about the episode today. Let me know what you think about Clayton. I love to hear it. I'll even share it with him if it's bad. And hey. uh, not only that, but if you got ideas about future episodes or things you'd like to hear me cover, or if you'd just like to hear more interviews, give me some ideas in that area. And uh, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this because I love preachers and I want to help you. And I'll tell you why, because preaching matters. Thank you once again for joining us today on the Preaching Matters podcast. We'll try to have a new episode out next week. So I encourage you, if you enjoyed the episode or you think someone else would enjoy it, first, I want you to subscribe. And I'd like for you to leave a positive review on the platform of your choice or on several if you choose. And I'd like for you to tell somebody else about it. This is a podcast for preachers. If you are a preacher or know some preacher who might benefit, share the news. God bless you. Thanks for being here. I pray that preaching goes well for you. God blesses you in your work for his glory. Pray for us, and Lord willing, we'll see you next week.